Yes, yes. Okay. <clears throat> Le Tour du Monde en Quatre Vingt Jours is a story about a man so bored with his life that he may rob a bank, definitely beats up a priest, and travels around the world while learning nothing about the cultures that inhabit it. Still, this mindless romp has delighted readers for over a century, proving there is perhaps no better vacation than the one we give our brains. The Traveler, Phileas Fogg, the book, Around the World in 80 Days by Jules Verne. And you're listening to Lit Society. Let's get Society, a show about books and drama. Alexis, Alexis, Alexis. Hi. 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 I haven't seen you. <laughs> Is there anything you wanted to share? How you been? What's up? Ah, don't be asking now. Don't be asking now. <laughs> don't be asking now. I had spent some time with a friend outside the house. So how about that? Hey, that's great. <laughs> that's wonderful. What y'all do? You want to share? We went out to a restaurant in um, Chicago. Like downtown? Um, what neighborhood? Yeah, downtown. Um, River. River North? What? River North. So you Is was it? really downtown. Wasn't that where I work? I work in River yeah. North, right? <laughs> you yeah. Were, so. Yeah, yeah. Like a <laughs> so happy hour thing? That's not that big a deal. Yeah, no, they came from out here and we just like went to dinner for seven o'clock. I haven't seen them in a long time. So I, I like that. we go. Well, mm-hmm. cool. Awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, how about you, Kari? <laughs> you want to share something about yourself? Waiting. Yes, please. Share information with our listeners. Yeah. Tell them how you're doing. They want to know. Yeah. I went back to the gym, you guys. It feels Woo-hoo. great in my body. I'm very paranoid. We do have to wear masks. So mm-hmm. it is what it is. Um, And then I bought like this projector and screen and little sound system. So I've been ho- ho- hosting. Oh, that's what that is. Yeah. You see it in the back. We have little mm-hmm. theater nights at our house. You're welcome to come for a I'm little cinema coming. night. You be having a whole bunch of people. Yeah. So last week I invited you and you was like, <laughs> I'll be there. And I was like, just so you know, four more people are coming. You were like, pass. You just you see how people just set you up for the okie doke. But I'm I'm working I'm working on that. Mentally I'm working on that. Now let's move on to our theme of the week. Each week, readers, we choose a theme to discuss that is inspired by the book we're reading. And this week the theme is how to safely travel right now during a pandemic. Alexis, did you know the pandemic isn't over? <laughs> Are you as shocked as I was to read that? Nope, I wasn't shocked. Well, listen, we're going to tell you how to travel safely. And I've um, harvested some information from the CDC and Mayo Clinic. And you've done it. You've got some experience at it, too, right? I was going to ask you, have you been traveling during the pandemic? I have traveled to the train station to work. And that's because I'm required to. And I got to pay some bills. But outside of that, I don't travel nowhere. Well, traveling 
on the and by train, y'all, she mean like the CTA, like the subway, the elevated train here in Chicago. Uh, that's definitely more scary than traveling by plane. <laughs> no, for real. <laughs> You're coming into contact with more people. They're all filthy except you. I'd be feeling like I'm the only person on the train that wash every day and wash it my feel legs. like that. It do. <laughs> Not wash your legs. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's an experience, but um, it is. You come home with a layer of stench on you that is unbelievable. <laughs> Yeah, it's insane. Or it feels that way anyway. So how do you travel right now safely during a pandemic? Again, these tips are foolproof, especially the first. So let's get down to it. Number one, don't. Don't travel, you guys. (laughs) Stay home. I was like ready to participate. I was like, maybe this will help me. Yes, maybe this is what I I need. All I can do is tell you what works and don't nothing work like not traveling. If that's the top of the list, <laughs> I got you. But staycations are cool, you know. Be as isolated as possible and masked up when in a crowd. Avoid crowds, though, like the plague if you can because of the plague, you know. <laughs> Save all your money. <laughs> And um, all the money you're not using to travel abroad, save it up and buy nothing right now because everything is way too expensive. There are shortages all over the place. I went into Lush to just get some cute soaps. They was like, sorry, we ran out of soap, COVID. And I was like, that's still a thing. Um, But we still got to wash up. I know. (laughs) We're going to have to take some chicken fat like the old days and make a bar out of it. I don't know. Um, there's a house in our neighborhood we have been um, eyeing. That house has went up $75,000 in a matter of six months. For why? For demand. <laughs> there's wow. no reason for it. So, wow. um, yeah, so I implore you all to make use of Zoom. Continue to do it. Yes, we're over it. All of us are over it. You ain't the only one. Call up your loved ones who live in other countries, other states. Keep connected. So that is the number one way to stay safe while traveling. <laughs> I love it. But if you hard headed like me, you're going to need something else because you ain't going to do that. So number two, if you insist, evidence seems to prove that the vaccine is a necessary travel companion. Now, Alexis, are we saying everyone listening should go get vaccinated? No. We're not. It's your choice. However, if you are choosing not to get vaccinated, but you hopping on that plane, you know you're right. You don't stay home. Please see tip number one. According to the CDC, to maximize protection from the Delta variant and prevent possibly spreading it to others, get vaccinated as soon as you can and wear a mask indoors in public if you are in an area of substantial or high transmission. Um, Can I ask a question? Yeah. Are they speaking about the other variants out there as well? No, they're only speaking of Delta. Delta. Yeah, I think that's a glaring omission. Um, So, you know, that's why, number one. But (laughs) if you gonna go, (laughs) because you hard-headed, everyone's very elusive on what these vaccines can do, you guys. Everyone's like, go get the vaccine or you're a terrible person. But they're also like, we don't really know what the vaccine do. So do get it if you want. Now, I got it because I like to do what everyone's doing. (laughs) No, I (laughs) I got it because most of the people and by most, I mean, 
The numbers I saw were 85 to 99 percent of people hospitalized or who unfortunately lose their life because of COVID were not vaccinated. Now, those numbers are now two months old, um, but that encouraged me to get the vaccination. I will say if you plan to stay inside for possibly the rest of your life, you know, no pressure. But if you're going to be around people, do know that if Sally Q, who's sitting next to you on the plane, has not been vaccinated, you are vaccinated. You're wearing a mask, but she's not because she's also against masks, even though she's also against the vaccine. She's just against um, then you could possibly give Sally Sue. A disease that you don't even know you carry. And what if Sally Sue dies? Yeah, I mean, you could say it'd be her fault, but where'd she get it from? She got it from you. So, you know, hmm, wear your mask, do what you can. No vaccines are 100% effective. Alexis brought this to my attention. Uh, people get flu shots every year, not me though, but I also get the flu every year. <laughs> Actually, I don't because I've been wearing my mask. <laughs> So you didn't get it last That's year because you've been wearing a mask. Yeah, I don't really trust. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I have to state that. However, I don't really trust vaccines like that. I don't know. Maybe I'm anti-vaxxer. But listen, <laughs> I think I think that, um, you know, uh, nothing is foolproof. So if you were to get the flu shot and you got the flu, that can happen. You're not shocked, right? Um, now me, when I don't get the flu shot and I get the flu every year, I am shocked because I'm like, but I didn't get the flu shot. How did I get sick? <laughs> My thinking is all type of backwards. But as far as COVID is concerned, if you are insisting on traveling, um, evidence proves at least the evidence available to us that vaccines are the way to go. Did you read, do you read Travel Noir? Uh, every time they... I get an article notice. I think I got them their email list or something or I follow them and I link that. So, okay. Yeah, cool. So same with me. Um, travel noir is a website geared toward travel for, um, uh, like black people throughout the diaspora. It's not just black Americans. Um, and it talks about certain news articles, things you might want to be aware of. It talks about expats living in other countries who are um, black. It's like a really great resource for black travelers. And one article that comes to mind is a family who traveled to Mexico. Did you hear about that? Got COVID. Um, they test they tested for COVID on their way in, because if you don't have the vaccine, you have to test before entering, re-entering mm -hmm. the U.S., the um, wife and daughter didn't have it. So they had to leave the dad and he was there really, really sick. Um, he didn't have enough uh, like cash flow to get health care. And they they told him they wouldn't care for him. Um, they finally decided to like put him on a bus with other people, even though he knew he had it and he was really, really sick in Mexico. Yeah, to bring him back over. And now I believe he's being treated in Louisiana. Um, I think they even had a GoFundMe to sponsor him coming back. And that's when people really got involved. Like, you want money from me, but y'all were traveling knowing you're not vaccinated. You got oh. COVID. And now you're getting on the bus with other people oh. and putting other people's lives in jeopardy, um, oh. which I see. And then the counter to that was, well, they need, they're people and they need health care. Who cares about what the circumstances are? They are people and they need health care in this mm. specific situation. So it's a and lot of thoughts out there. Across the board on that one. Yeah. Yeah. But the, the point remains that evidence seems to prove if you're going to travel, 
Now they weren't on Mexico. They weren't in Mexico for, um, you know, something that they had to do. It was for vacation. If you're choosing to still vacation, especially in other countries, then uh, why not give that vaccine a second glance? <laughs> uh, number three, wear a mask over your nose and mouth while in public. That's right. Wearing it over your chin. Come on, you guys. Are we still doing this? Stop. Stop. If this isn't about, mandated. Huh? What about just over covering your Can mouth stop? and your nose? Stop. We don't want to talk about it no more. Oh, oh I'm okay. so sick of people like, why I got to wear my mask over my nose if it's over my mouth? Stupid. <laughs> Come on, just do it. Okay. Even if it's not mandated in the area you're visiting, just wear a mask over your nose and mouth in public areas. And remember, if you're vaccinated and the person next to you is not, there's still a chance you will pass the virus to them. Would you go out in the street and kill someone with a gun? No, don't do it with COVID. That didn't make sense. Number four, avoid crowds. Keep social distancing and washing your hands frequently. Okay, all those things. Avoid crowds. Keep social distancing and wash your hands frequently. Keep doing that even while you're traveling. Number five, if traveling by car, try not to stop often for food and gas. It's not going to be a real comfortable trip, you guys. Pack food. Yes, pack it. Them old sandwiches, put them on ice and plan ahead to make as few pit stops as possible. Really? Yes. So I was thinking I was I was trying to work myself up to to get away. Right. Um, And I wanted to do this last year, but, you know. My mental status got the better of me. I want to just go away to a hotel or um, wanted to go to a cabin, but that wasn't working. That sounds but cool. I felt like I could do that and do it successfully. Like just take a nice ride, maybe over to the next state over and, um, you know, just go by myself and try to be out a little bit. But you're saying if I do that, I should not pull over and go to a rest stop or stop at don't stop if I can help it just get gas and keep it moving so let's just be frank with each other guys rest stops are disgusting um gas stations are disgusting uh there's a lot of fecal matter on everything and when you are touching things that other transients have touched just know it's like you're touching their toilet paper after they've used the restroom. If you were to take a sample from a gas pump and do a test on it, I guarantee you it is covered in poo. So when you think about that, uh, you just don't want to put yourself in a situation to be around this excess of uh, excrement <laughs> and, and potential disease. That's all. Now, when you get to where you're going, gas stations are gross. So, you know, perhaps wear some gloves when you inevitably have to get gas. Um, But when it comes to actual restaurants, you can then choose to sit outside, maybe do a picnic. And a cabin is still very isolated or even a hotel that doesn't where you're not in the main area constantly that that can that still sounds like a wonderful trip there's always a risk but it sounds like the risk can be mitigated in that case Mm. if Mm -hmm. that sounds disgusting i'm gonna stay in my apartment thank you (laughs) 
Yeah, you take the train every day. Okay, number six. If traveling by air, know that most viruses cannot spread readily on a plane because of the way the air is circulated on the plane. However, keeping your distance is also nearly impossible. Impossible. Um, I mean, on the plane or in the airport. So here are some tips. Number one, fly first class. It's more space. <laughs> you you know, a good airline is known to the left or right of you. They might even have these little hoods for you to put over your seat. Do it, you guys. Um, B, take advantage of the airport lounge. Does your credit card offer a lounge check? Because that <laughs> will get you out of Gen Pop even uh, more while you're waiting for your flight. And C, seriously. <laughs> seriously, you guys, see, try to secure a flight with the least amount of layovers so that you're exposed to the least amount of travelers. D, avoid touching your face. And E, try to go the entire flight without eating or drinking. Oh, can I tell you? So my flight routines, I adore. I put on my noise canceling headphones. I wipe off my seat. Yes, in that order. Everybody got to wait till I put my headphones on and get my little boom, ba ba doom, ba, whatever spa music <laughs> I'm playing. Then I wipe off my seat, disinfect it. I have a little Korean face mask I put on. I'll be looking crazy. I feel like I'm at the spa. It's nice. And then when your flight land, you just lift it up and your skin be all soft and stuff. Um, I order an old fashioned. Why? Because I eat the airline food because I pay for it. Yes, yeah, nasty. And it's going to make my feet swell up. I'm going to eat it, though. Also, I ordered one more drink, probably the old fashioned. And I just sit back, maybe read a book. It's nice to me. Being on the plane is like being in your own personal spa act. Like no one is there but me. And it's fine. Can't do that. Cannot do do that anymore. I've traveled with you before. And that you do. You shut everybody out. Like no one that you're not traveling with companions. Also, (laughs) yes. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so. So unfortunately, it looks like we will have to not order those drinks, which airlines aren't even serving because people are getting on fi- in fights on planes for no reason. Yeah, I heard that. And they was I like, maybe that. it's the alcohol. We're going to stop <laughs> serving y'all. <laughs> so um, and the food nasty anyway. On. Huh? They drinking before they get on. Yeah. And yeah, you can't stop people. So whatever. But I do have like a 10 to I think it's a 10 hour flight coming up. It's going to be torturous. I got a couple books I'm going to bring. I might have to sip a straw under that mask. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I don't know. Even hot tea. I usually like to bring a tea bag and ask for hot water. Don't drink plain water, but I do. But it's gross. Don't do it. Um, Can't even really do that. Can't. So you could bring, get one of those masks with a straw insert. Those are silly. No, don't do that, you guys. Um, (laughs) You could do that. Yes, you could. The air is recirculated. Didn't we already discuss that? Okay, I got two more. Seven accommodations. This is back to what you said. It's best to stay with a friend who you know is also vaccinated. But if you're going to stay in a hotel, avoid common areas. If you're going to stay in a hotel, avoid common areas. And whatever you do, avoid hostels. Have you ever stayed in a hostel? No. I did in Miami, South Beach, but it was like luxurious. And you can actually see that on my Instagram, Chicagoings. Um, but it is called like the regulator, generator. I think a generator in Miami, South Beach. It was like a luxury hotel, but it was technically a hostel. Stay away from those. There are a lot of people walking in and out. Very interesting people. You might want to spark up a conversation with like I like to do. I'm the weirdo at the hostel talking to everyone, asking if they're a writer. Um, But that life is over. And eight. 
Lastly, eating. Eat outside as much as possible. We did say this already. Even opting for a picnic in some cases. And don't eat at buffets like ever. Like before or after COVID, why are buffets still around? <laughs> Again, fecal matter gas station. See five minutes earlier. Um, and then lastly, I just want to add, check the restrictions of your destination well before traveling. And then as you get closer to your departure date, because um, perhaps there are some health portals that you can use, some forms you can fill out beforehand to make your departure a lot easier. Um, and you might even be able to get into a system that displays your vaccination status. And then you can just show that at the airport if they take it um, at your destination. Are they taking don't have to worry about quarantine? Are they taking um, is there like a form? Do you have to prove that you're vaccinated? Is that card? Effective? Yeah, I would say take your card with you everywhere, but the card is so unofficial. Um, but is that what airlines are taking? No, there are two systems that come to mind. I can tell you what they are right now. Okay, so um, Clear is one of them. And not Clear at the airport. You can use Clear to bypass TSA. This is a different Clear. There are like a million companies called Clear. I don't know why. Um, but Clear is um, a partner that some states are using where uh, like Hawaii comes to mind and you can upload your testing uh, there. So if you're vaccinated, you still have to get tested for COVID before you fly, usually 72 hours beforehand. And perhaps oh, you, you want that to get test. tested. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh, even if you're vaccinated, you have to be tested. I mean, for the areas I'm traveling to this year, perhaps it's different um, by state or country. But yeah. And then there's a um, another company or partner called Common Pass. That's one word, Common Pass. And they'll also upload your uh, test results to something that airlines um, accept. Or I've like heard of my chart also, but I don't know if an airline or state is accepting COVID test results from that partner. Um, so yeah, mm. check check on the state's website, the travel bureau for the state or the country you're traveling to. Interesting. Um, and they'll, they'll give you some direction because you don't want to get anywhere and be quarantined or, you know, hopefully this won't happen, but get sick and not know what to do. And, you know, travel insurance. Yeah, that's good for both canceling flights and sometimes caring for yourself when you're away. And that's all I got. What about you, Alexis? Are you traveling this year? No, just that idea of a, a trip. My brother-in-law invited me and I was like, I said initially, I was like, yeah, I think I can do it. I'm just going to try that. I think you can too. But I couldn't do it. I had to cancel. Oh. I like, and and then let me just add that with my allergies and asthma oh. acting up, that's just like that's my respiratory system. So yeah. I feel like I create my put myself in a um in a position to welcome any disease that comes along with I do that. And you know, I just don't want to set set myself yeah. up for that. So yeah, I, I think I'm just that. stay put and listen to everybody tell me their stories about where they traveled. And, and hopefully you can watch my cat, but we'll talk about that later. Oh, you're not yeah, taking gonna... a cat? When are you going to no. start taking her with you on these vacations? All right, she anything else? Well, let's move on and dive into our <laughs> book. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. Perhaps his motivation for the book. 
Okay, so listen. Jules Verne was born in 1828 and he died in 1905. He's a French, he was a French novelist, poet, and playwright. And he had a collaboration with a man by the name of Pierre Jules Hetzel, which led to the creation of Voyages Extraordinaire. And this is a collection of 54 novels that include stories like Journey to the Center of the Earth, mm-hmm. which is published in 1864, 20,000 Leagues Under the Seas, which was published in 1870, and the book we're covering today, Around the World in 80 Days, which was published in 1872. Jules Verne is the second most translated author in the world since 1979, and he falls between two very popular authors and Kari, can you guess who they are? Yes. Um, Agatha Christie and William Shakespeare. Absolutely. Little Red Riding Hood. Um, yeah. So Jules has been writing since his teens. His father wanted him to go into law. He did go to law and kind of graduate, but he didn't really want to do law. He wanted to write. He'd been writing since his teens. He met Alexander Dumas. Do you remember him? Yeah. Um, he, the Three Musketeers and Monte Cristo. He's a black yeah. writer, Creole, I think. Yeah. Well, they became fast friends and they produced some works together. But yeah, and they kept, he, it kept writing. Through that, he eventually met um, Hetzel. Remember I mentioned him earlier. And that relationship with Hetzel um allowed him to have a regular pay, a contracted work. So Hetzel wanted to start a high-quality family magazine that com- combined entertaining fiction with scientific education. And Byrne had already demonstrated, he submitted a piece of his work, that he himself was one who scrupulously researched his adventure stories. And so that led to the contract. And they had this lot of contract that produced, like I said, 54 books. And Hetzel would buy his stories, buy Verne's stories outright for a flat fee. So that initially when he wrote these stories, they went right to the magazine without being published. He would later then publish them as novels. Late in his life, Verne confirmed that this commission of writing had become the running theme of his novels. And he said, my object has been to depict the earth and not the earth alone, but the universe. Hmm. And that's all I'm going to share about um, Jules Verne, Jules Verne. Kari, do you have anything you want to share about our author? Nope. I thought it was a woman. (laughs) I, I just learned it wasn't like a year ago. Oh, okay. Well, that's, that's wonderful. That's all I'm going to share about that. Okay. Okay. Well, can you give us a brief synopsis on the book without spoilers? Phileas Fogg, quiet and wealthy Englishman, living modestly by the clock and minding his business, wagers £20,000 with his fellow private club members that he could travel around the world in 80 days. Kari, who do you think would enjoy this book? Um, I forget the name of the books where these like nonsensical romps um, that the character goes through and things he must overcome. But if you like that, if you like that kind of, you know, Gulliver travels ish 
uh, storyline where it's just like things happening and none of it really matters, but it's semi-entertaining, then you would love this book. And what about you, Alexis? What were your first thoughts of Around the World in 80 Days? Hmm. This was one of our book club selections some time ago. And I had heard of this before as a movie. So yeah, a real life book club uh, that we're a part of outside of Lay Society. Yeah. (laughs) So I was excited to read the book. Um, You know, I, I heard, like I said, I heard of the movie, but I never saw the movie. And then when I always saw the book or the movie it I always thought it was about um a man in a balloon for 80 days so is there a balloon in this book <laughs> yeah there's a balloon in the book I missed it okay <laughs> no 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 I remember now okay all right thanks um, Do you? <laughs> now let's take a deep dive into around the world in 80 days by Jules Vaughn please Alexis Take it away. Oh, Cara, you're really showing off here. And I'm offended by your show off stuff, okay? Anyway, Phileas Fogg, he's a polished man of the world of about 40, you know? Don't nobody know what he do. He don't (laughs) nobody know what he do. But he is wealthy, y'all. There's no public employment, the book says. He wasn't a part of any secular or ecclesiastical clubs or societies, but he is a member of the Reform Club, which is a gentleman's club where they speak about progressive political ideas. Like I said, nobody knew how he made his fortune. He was mysterious, generous, and quiet. His daily habits were exactly the same every day. He was also very knowledgeable. He will use very few words to correct his fellow members. His pastimes were reading the papers and playing whist. He often won at that game and reserved the winnings for his charity fund. But he didn't play whist to win. He just liked playing for the fun of it. And whist has a little gambling in it. So... Phileas lives with no family, no family. He just has one domestic, which was enough to cover his needs. And this domestic that he has currently, well, that he has, um, was required to be superhumanly prompt and regular. However, on October 2nd, he fired this domestic. And And why? why was that? Because he brought Phileas shaving water that was 84 degrees instead of 86 degrees. Out of here. Yeah. So on that day, he was waiting for his new domestic to arrive. Enter Jean Passporté. Passportou. Hmm. Passportou. And he's a man of about 30. And oh, let me just say, Phileas Fogg is, is a nice looking man. Okay. Passportou is not. Oh, they say he's not nice looking. Okay. Yeah, he like a uh, kind of dwarfy, clownian character. Uh, Maybe okay. I just, that's how I saw him in my mind. Okay. Well, anyway, Passport 2 came for the job. You know, the domestic is leaving, right? So here's Passport 2. He's going to take this job. Okay. His prior experience included being a traveling singer, a circus rider where he vaulted and danced on the ropes. He was a professor of gymnastics, a sergeant fireman, 
Um, I mean, he just did a lot of stuff. He was moving and shaking. He wasn't just sitting around. He was exploring the world. So at this point in his life, he's decided, you know, I, I'm going to take on some domestic um, work because I just want to relax now. I just want to take it easy. So he traveled to England to serve as a valet. So like I said, having moved around quite a bit, he was like, Phileas Fogg would be ideal because his life is very structured and I don't have to go anywhere. And we already know that Phileas Fogg doesn't go anywhere. So I can do Yeah, this. Passport 2's goal is to basically retire while still working. Yeah. So he is a character that if he was of any other ethnic background, it would be crazy offensive because he is the stereotypes of all races put into a French man inexplicably. Um, And he is like, I am sick of these unexpected uh, tasks and assignments. I want someone who lives by a routine and who, you know, I can basically just sleepwalk until with until I'm done. And he found the right job for that. That was going to happen. He did. He did. So he get there. uh, Phileas Fogg is like, "Um, yeah, what's your name? What you do? Okay, All right. I got you. Let's synchronize our watches. Phileas told Passport 2 his watch was four minutes um, behind, four minutes short, okay? Passport 2 was like, that's impossible, okay? And Phileas said, don't matter. It's enough to mention the area, but it, it don't matter. For the moment, you are now in my service. So Phileas's reg- regular schedule is to go to the club, Reform Club, and he stayed there until midnight, then come home and go to bed. Like, that's his life. Ook, ook, ook. Oh, not that kind of club. Oh, no. Oh, no. No, not not that kind of club. <laughs> a gentleman's club where they just sit around and play card games. That's right. So he had the Anything to avoid club. going home to their wives. Except Phileas ain't got no wife, okay? He had the reform club, and he's joined by his rich and highly respectable friends, and they're discussing a recent robbery. Um, skillful detectives um, have been sent out to the principal ports of America and the continent to find this thief because he made off with 50,000 pounds. So three days before, the Bank of England was robbed and everybody was talking about it. The money had been taken from the principal cashier's table while he was assisting someone else. Um, when five o'clock arrived, the money was reported missing. So, you know, somebody helped back then. They would just leave the money out there on the table. Just <laughs> they free was Yeah. So you could just walk up and take some money. And so the description of him Wait, is that. Because they thought it would be like an insult to the community to do anything that resembled security. So there's <laughs> like a scene where someone walks up and wants to look at what some jewels. Yeah. And they and then the person next to him want to look at it. And before you know it, it's them passed down like 10 people. But it comes back to the desk before the bank teller even returns. So yeah. the bank teller then walked away and was like, oh, OK, everything's yeah. probably where it should be. So the description of the um, the robber, he's a well-dressed gentleman. He's polished. But, you know, he had walked away with this money. So they sent out the detectives, I said, and the reward for the detectives is 2,000 pounds plus 5% of the amount that's recovered. Okay, so they got this description. Detectives are out there. They talking about it. They start playing this game of whist and the conversation kind of continues. And one man said, huh? 
Oh, I was just going to say Midwest. Go ahead. Um, the gentleman um, says, the thief is surely to get away. And another was like, how? The world is so big. It's big enough. And Philly said it was before, but not anymore. You could go around the world like 10 times more quickly than 100 years ago. And one person says in three months, Philly said in 80 days. And one of his friends said that doesn't count for bad weather, contrary winds, shipwrecks, railway accidents and so on. And Philly said all of that is included. He said, but what about the Hindus and the Indians? They could come and stop the train, scalp the passengers, pillage the luggage vans. He's like, all included. The man continued, theoretically, but practically. Philly said, you could do it practically as well. Listen, the wager is presented. Listen, they said, bet 20,000 pounds that you can't do this in 80 days. That's in 1920 hours or 115,200 minutes. Can you do it? Phil is like a true Englishman don't joke about uh, wagers, okay? Wagers is serious. <laughs> so the wager is on. The journey around the world in 80 days, and it was about to begin. Phyllis didn't see any need to wait. He was like, we're going to start this right away. There's a train that goes out tonight at 9 o'clock. I'll be on it. Um... The whole time this conversation is going on, Phyllis is watching the game, playing the game. He's just really calm, a laid back kind of guy. Um, he watching Easy to underestimate winning. him. Mm-hmm. So Phyllis was to start his the journey that evening, October 2nd, and he was to return by Saturday, December 21st, to the Reform Club. That, there was that nine o'clock train. Now, they were like, Phyllis, why don't we stop playing and then you can go get ready? He was like, no need. Let's finish our hand. It's <laughs> left the club like 20 minutes later after having won 20 guineas at West. He headed home. And when he arrived, Passport 2 was surprised to see him. So Phyllis was like, hey, Passport 2, Passport 2. He caught him twice. And Passport 2 is like, wait, it's not midnight. Who he talking to? <laughs> <laughs> but he was yeah, talking to he him. wants to be on the time schedule yes. nothing unexpected boy i mean how would you feel if you took a job expecting it to be nice and easy and then all of a sudden you told pack up we're getting on a train at night we're gonna travel around the world for 80 days yeah. <laughs> i mean honestly he got hit <laughs> he really did so <laughs> phyllis said phyllis said Oh, yeah, I understand why you're not responding. I don't blame you, but we are going to get on the train and leave in 10 minutes, okay? All right, get ready. Get my stuff. We're going around the war, and we don't have a moment to lose. So they weren't taking any trunks. They weren't taking any trunks. They took carpet bags, which included two shirts and three pairs of stockings for each person, and they would buy clothes along the way. He took shoes, a raincoat, and a traveling coat, too. I don't know, but that's what he took. <laughs> he also had another carpet bag that had 20,000 pounds in it, um, which Passepartout was to care for, because that's how they were going to kind of pay their expenses along this route. When they arrive at the train, there's a poor beggar woman with a child, and they kind of approach and ask for alms. And Phileas gives the woman the 20 guineas that he had just won, 
and Passport 2 is touched by his generosity. When he gets to the station, his five friends are there to meet him and see him off. So the friends all bet against him, but they yes. his friends. But they felt bad about um, betting against him. They really felt like he was going to lose. Like he didn't have a chance to win at all. So here's the itinerary. Itinerary. This is the original itinerary. Go to London, to Egypt, Suez, Egypt, by rail and steamer across the Mediterranean Sea in seven days. Suez to Bombay, India, um, by steamer across the Red Sea and the Indian Ocean, 13 days. Bombay to Calcutta, India, by rail, three days. Calcutta to Victoria, Hong Kong, with a stopover in Singapore, by steamer across the South China Sea, 13 days. Hong Kong to Yokohama, Japan, steamer across the South China Sea, East China Sea, and the Pacific Ocean. That's six days. Yokohama to San Francisco, United States, by steamer across the Pacific Ocean, 22 days. That's a long, that's a long um, trip. San Francisco to New York by rail, seven days. New York to London, steamer across the Atlantic Ocean to Liverpool by rail, nine days. That's a total of 80 days. Let's begin the journey. Can and I just say, you read this book three months ago? Yes, ma'am. You're doing pretty good because I finished this book last week and I don't know what you're talking about. So. <laughs> Listen, I'm just so getting ready kudos. to say, I need your help. I, I need your help here. No, you got it. Nope, I don't have it. All I, just, I know is they went on the trip and they was trying to get around the world <laughs> and see. No, this is where I need your help, which was my next words, because uh -oh. I need to know how they interacted. So I know when they go um, to Suez, all right, they reach there in time and... While disembarking to Egypt, they have this detective that whose name is Detective Fix. He kind of finds them and IDs that Phileas Fogg is the actual robber that they've been searching for. He's like, you're it. And I'm going to yeah. get you. Let me reach out to my um, commanders and ask for um, a warrant to meet me at I think he wanted to meet him at Bombay so I can arrest you. Yeah, so there's some colonialism going on here. So he ha he can it. only he can only arrest him in a in England or a territory owned by England, which at this time includes Bombay. And so uh, he feels like this whole traveling around the world in 80 days is a ruse to distract everyone from the fact that you have stole what sounds like quite a little bit of money. But I guess it's probably worth like a lot now, but it wasn't. It doesn't sound like a lot, but yeah. <laughs> and I love how the names, I don't know if this was an intentional thing, but you know, Fog, Phileas Fog is kind of like hazy in the way he um, interacts with people and talks about himself. Uh, passport to, it sounds like passport, you know, he's like the um, 
he keeps the story going. He is the one that initiates all of the romps in each country. And then you have Detective Fix, who is to fix the problem of the bank robber, which he is convinced is Phileas Fogg. And at this time, Passport 2 like saw his master um, giving a woman some money, like you said. He's seeing all these good characteristics of Phileas and he doesn't he he just thinks this is a great man he works for. Yeah. Yeah, he's um he he he's really just getting to know him. He's only heard information about how he lives. Now he's getting to see him in action. And like you said, um so far he likes him. So, but he actually doesn't believe that he's going on this trip for a wager. He doesn't believe it. Right. Fix is out there. He's waiting to catch um Phileas Fogg. As soon as he gets that warrant, he'll arrest them. So they hop aboard the um, the steamer that's going to take them to the Suez, um, from Suez to Bombay, India. And they actually arrive two days ahead of schedule. And so when they get there, actually, when they get to um, Egypt, they learn that um, Phileas has to get off. The, the rail in order to get his passport stamp. So his thing is, I'm gonna pass, get my passport stamp in all these locations, and that way I can provide proof that I hit everybody like I'm supposed to. So, yeah, because he didn't have to get his passport stamps, but he wants proof that he was there. Right, right. And as we, um, Kari mentioned, he's it's not like he's sightseeing when he get off. He is just here for the ride to accomplish this eighty day task. That's mm-hmm. it. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. He ain't trying to be social. He played uh, whist on board wherever he is, and um, but minimal talking. That's it. So he's off to um, Bombay, and um, again, they arrive in India two days ahead of schedule, which is a good thing, which is a good thing. They got time because that was a 13-day travel. And so, but on this journey, they're trying to get from Bombay to Calcutta. And I think this is the time when they purchased the um, elephant because the, um, <laughs> yeah, is I think, is that where the track breaks off? Oops, hold on, I hit the mic. Is that where the track breaks off? So they're on this train in India um, because they have gotten this route around the world from the paper. But all the journalists want to be like the first one with the story. So they've talked about this train line as if it's complete, thinking that, you know, by the time our readers ride the train, it will be complete. Nuh-uh, it's not. So the train only goes to, it doesn't go to the end of the line because the end of the line don't even exist yet. The track hasn't right. been laid. So he got to get off, as Alexis said. And there's some point where he's he like, bribes a man for an elephant and that was a struggle because that man wasn't going to give up the elephant it was a cultural thing but he eventually got the elephant and even got um, was able to pay the man to take him on this um, elephant journey uh, to he was going to um, Calcutta from Bombay to Calcutta and so on this journey to Calcutta he also sees like a, a Hindu religious um Sarah or place of worship yeah they're traveling they got the deceased man and then they have a woman on that i guess they're taking it to the burial it's kind of like a funeral oh, I thought this was the church you were talking about so before then they enter a church with shoes on well that is just um passepartout oh right right so that was before this though right 
Yeah, it's before. It's kind of the same. Right. It's before this. Yes. I'm sorry. So just real quick, past part two um, (laughs) enters. Maybe it's a Muslim place of worship, but you're not supposed to wear shoes. But he got a Christian. He's a Christian in this in this um, Hindu worship house. Okay, And so he don't know about the shoe thing. So he wearing his shoes. Why he's in there? I really don't know. But um, he gets tackled to the ground by priests and he like fights them. (laughs) And they get in a for real altercation because he don't know why he being tackled. And they like, you will respect this house of worship. Uh And then he like runs away. But that's when I'm back to find him without his. Yeah. Fast forward. He in another uh, religious area. And this time a man has died and his wife must be buried alive and burned alive uh, next to him. Yeah. And everyone's drugged on hashish and other things. Um, And she is also drugged so as to. So they can burn her alive. Put up a resistance. Yeah. 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 And so they see this and their guide that's taking them by elephant. They see this and they're like, you know what? Fog is like, we should save her because this this doesn't make sense. So they make a plan. So they get in their white savior bag real quick. And they talk about these cultures <laughs> like they savages real quick. And real it's done quick. so playfully and casually, just so you know. Uh-huh. And then they go mm-hmm. and they um, set up a plan to try to get them. And then it turns out that um, Passepartout pretends to be... The- a, not a ghost so, so they like <laughs> so a passport too somehow detective fix is in this too right no he's not in it he's not okay so mm-hmm. just passport two and phileas are like hiding in the bushes and they like we gonna steal it i think it is detective fix no it's, it's another person it's another it's person. another person yeah. oh okay you're right so some local um someone somebody made it else to the traveling. area so they got the guide and then you got somebody else traveling oh, the guide. that wants to go along with him. So the guide is telling them everything that happens yes, with this thing. Yes, yes. So that's why. And the like, guide is of the same yes, background as yes, the wife. Yes. OK, so the guide is like, I'll help you because she's one of my people. So yes. I don't want to see her get hurt. So they're hiding in the bushes before the ceremony because they're like, when are we going to sneak in to save her? All of a sudden, the husband's body stands up picks up the woman who's drugged and everybody in attendance like falls to their faces. They're like seeing the apparition. They're like, oh my goodness, the husband that got up and he dead. And the um the husband, the quote unquote husband, walks with the dead woman to where Phileas is and they like, it's it's passport two dressed in white. <laughs> and passport two is like, we gotta get out of here. And, they, and so they start running and carrying the woman. The priests of the ceremony and the people figure out what happened because I think they find the body like wrapped in a potato sack or something. <laughs> and so they start firing and shooting, but they get away. They get oh, away. and the woman is beautiful and made civilized by her European education. Yes, exactly. <sighs> so they have lost <laughs> lots of hours on this journey, but Fog feels good and he has no regret. And while Passport 2 is like, oh, my God, we've lost so much time. We're off track now. We got to uh, get back. Fog is like, yeah, we'll get there. It'll be fine. Yeah, so the, we have enough time. Calm mm-hmm. down. So they bring this woman along and the plan is, OK, we're going to take her to Hong Kong where her people are so she can get off there. We'll just take her. She can come along with us on a journey until then. And so the next station is, let's see, they go from 
Let me get back to my little chart here. They go from Calcutta because they arrive and they make it to the rail and they go from Calcutta to Hong Kong with a stopover in um, Singapore. And this is where Passepartout and um, Fogg are arrested. And this is he's arrested for and being... And they're like, oh, the priest from the the grave ceremony, they done caught up with us. But why would an English government care about the religious rights of these priests? They thinking mm-hmm. the, they done got arrested for stealing it, the woman. Yeah, they thought they got arrested, but actually it was for him being in, being a Christian in a Hindu temple with shoes on. And fight. No, it was for fighting the priest. <laughs> no, it was. So I'm going to include that as well, but it absolutely okay. had to do with being in a Hindu temple with his shoes on. He was to be punished for that. It was very disrespectful. But not by the English government, no, right? No, this is the uh, Hindu people, like whatever government setup they have there in uh, Hong Kong is where he's being held accountable. I'm so confused. Okay. It is. It is. I, we have, I have to reread the book. I'm sorry. It's been a while. Um so he's got he gotta pay bail, he gotta go to jail. But instead Meanwhile, Fix is like England con- controls Hong Kong and India. So I have to arrest him at one of these areas and I can't get the warrant. He right. keeps waiting for this warrant. Yes. So then um he's like the warrant ain't here yet. But Phileas Fogg, he just paid a bail and they get on the ship and be gone. They out. <laughs> and that's that. Yeah. They on 13 days. OK, 13 days. They headed to Yokohama, Japan. When they arrived there. So on I think on this train ride is where um, not train ride, the steamer. This is where um, Fix kind of. Thinks about. Letting, revealing his plan yeah to to passepartout because when he initially met uh passepartout passepartout was kind of just telling him yeah my me and my boss are traveling around the world goal is to get there in 80 days i don't really believe that but you know that's what he's doing <laughs> he rich he could do it and i'm going along to help him he's like yeah that's my man fix is like yeah that's the man he's he's the, he's the robber for sure so now they've been talking on these journeys and he's gotten to know him and he's like i don't know if he's in on it but i think it's time to reveal it to um Passport to what I'm doing mm-hmm. that I'm trying to get fog and make him accountable for the robbery. So they arrive in Japan. Ayuda's family has moved to Europe. So fog says, you know, we might as well take her to Europe. That's what we're going back. And her family is there. We might as well take her back with us. And so this is the last chance for fix to arrest fog. And he's missing this opportunity. Yeah, he can't really arrest him in Japan, so he's missed his chance. But he's thinking he can um, get an ally in Passepartout, right? Yep. To help him so that when they get back to London, it'll all be ready to, for him to get arrested. Yeah, and then somewhere in here, I think they actually missed their boat ride. And so he ends up renting a boat to Shanghai so that he yeah. can meet the boat in um, Yokohama. So that yeah, this was is when Passport Two um, temporarily joins like a circus. <laughs> <laughs> no, with, no with long noses. Oh no, that's not when he get left off though. Yet uh, did he get? Oh, he did get left off. And yeah, this is it. Yeah, this is it. So he so he got drugged and we did you say that part? No, where let's do fiction? it right now. So okay. 
So Fix decides he is going to tell Passport 2 about Fog, that he's a criminal and here's my plan to catch up. Passport 2 is like, no, my boss is a good man. This you You got the wrong guy. And so they're sitting in this bar drinking. And in China. So that's back in China because it's an opium den. In Japan? And no, in China because England was flooding China with opium. Okay. So they're just sitting there and they're, um, you know, enjoying themselves with But they're not doing opium, but Fix is looking for an opportunity to drug why is he, he trying realize, to drug, drug Passport 2? Because he realizes that Passport 2 is not in with what he's trying to do. And oh, he's and he like, likes his, uh, his yes, boss. He likes his boss and he's like, no. He's not going to help. I'm okay. not helping you. So Fix drugs him, <laughs> leaves him yeah. where he is. And what happened was the train, the steamer was supposed to leave earlier than planned. And so Passport 2 was supposed to get back to fog and let him know the train is leaving early. We got to get on it. But because he was slipped a Mickey by um, Fix, Fix, he didn't get back in time and tell him and they missed the train. They missed the um, steamer. Right. Yeah. You with me? Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. We're wrapping it up here. So he then has to rent a boat to get to meet the boat. That's going to take him to the U.S. Right. They mm -hmm. get there. And then Passport <laughs> 2 joins the circus because mm -hmm. he has background experience. They're doing their last... And he got to make money. <laughs> he has no money. No money, no and he's food. out of the country. Yes, yeah. and he's out of the country. So he's like, oh, I could do this. And he learns that this traveling circus is going to the U.S. So he's like, well, I'm going to go with them. I can do some tricks and whatnot. So he joined the Long Noses. They did a performance. And then he <laughs> get on the trip. And he head into the States, right? So during their performance, they're making this pyramid out of noses, US. out of their noses. Wait till we get to the U.S. That's when that happened. Oh, it is? It's too many stops in here. Go ahead and tell <laughs> okay. it. Go ahead and tell no, it. No, you got it. It's too many stops in is here. Is that right? No, it's fine. It's fine. Go ahead. Because <laughs> now I'm confused. <laughs> I was confused when we started, but now I'm just dumbfounded. I Go thought ahead. they caught up in the U.S. Sure. Okay. Well, let's just say they caught up in the U.S. Okay. <laughs> no, they were together by the time they reached the U.S. So what I Go think ahead. happened is in Japan, so there was much. like this circus <laughs> ran by an American. And one of the acts was like this nose. Everybody was stuck up on each other's nose. And, and they made this was really the high pyramid that's like high as a building. And then the pyramid came collapsing because the person on the bottom had left a post. And it was Passport 2 because he saw his boss in the audience. It was like, oh, my goodness, boss, I had missed you. And then uh, Phileas was like, hey, Passport 2, let's continue on our way. And he's like, great. And so then they like catch a boat to the U.S., but they missed their boat to the U.S., but somehow while they're on the water, the boat for the U.S. is passing them, and so they send out a distress signal <laughs> and jump on the boat for the U.S. In the while they're in the water, they hop on the right boat, that's on right. a boat that's going to the U.S., and they take that to the U.S. So when they get to San Francisco, so this is, um, this is you know, he getting his passport stamp and getting ready to get ready, getting ready to get on the boat to the rail to New York City. They come across a political rally, right? 
Yeah. <laughs> that is violent. There is violence everywhere. People is fighting in the street and screaming. It's a duel going on. It's a duel. Yeah. And I don't know, did he step on somebody's toe because somebody Something got like mad? That. <laughs> right. <laughs> he stepped on somebody's toe. We've lost our audience, but let's just continue with this. Book. I'm sorry. Y'all. And what was the what was the battle? What was the duel about? He was like, is it a, for a president? Because I know y'all be getting mad every four years when y'all got to choose a president. And they was like, no, this uh, riot is for the justice of the peace. <laughs> and that's a little commentary about American politics. And then, so then he hurt somebody and that person got mad. This like Colonel somebody, he got mad because he stepped on his phone, his foot and Passbar, not Passbar too. Fog said, you know what? You done disrespected me, but when I get done with my journey, I'm going to come back and we're going to fight. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's like, serious. It would be prudent for us to retire, said Fix, who was anxious that Mr. Fogg should not receive any injury, at least until they got back to London. If there is any question about England and all this and we were recognized, I fear it would go hard with us. An English subject, began Mr. Fogg. He did not finish his sentence for a terrific hubbub now arose on the terrace behind the flight of steps where they stood, and there was frantic shouts of hurrah for Mandy Boy, hip hip hurrah! It was a band of voters coming to the rescue of their allies and taking the camera-filled forces in flank. Mr. Fogg, Auda, and Fix found themselves between two fires. It was too late to escape. The torrent of men armed with loaded canes and sticks was irresistible. Phileas Fogg and Fix were roughly hustled in their attempts to protect their fair companion. The former, as cool as ever, tried to defend himself with the weapons which nature has placed at the end of every Englishman's arm, but in vain. A big brawny fellow with a red beard, flushed face, and broad shoulders who seemed to be the chief of the band raised his clenched fist to strike Mr. Fogg, whom he would have given a crushing blow had not Fix rushed in and received it in his stead. An enormous bruise immediately made its appearance under the detective's silk hat, which was completely smashed in. Yankee! exclaimed Mr. Fogg, darting a contemptuous look at the ruffian. Englishmen, returned the other. We will meet again. When you please. What is your name? Phileas Falk. And yours? Colonel Stump Proctor. The human tide now swept by after overturning Fix, who speedily got upon his feet again, though with tattered clothes. Happily, he was not seriously hurt. His traveling overcoat was divided into two unequal parts, and his trousers resembled those of certain Indians which fit less compactly than they are easy to put on. Auda had escaped unharmed and fixed alone bore marks of the fray in his black and blue bruise. Thanks, said Mr. Fogg to the detective as soon as they were out of the crowd. No thanks are necessary, replied Fix. But let us go. Where? To a tailor's. Such a visit was indeed opportune. The clothing of both Mr. Fogg and Fix was in rags, as if they had themselves been actively engaged in the contest between Camerfield and Mandyboy. An hour after, they were once more suitably attired and without a return to the International Hotel. 
Passepartout was waiting for his master, armed with half a dozen six-barreled revolvers. When he perceived Fix, he knit his brows, but Alda having, in a few words, told him of their adventure, his countenance resumed its placid expression. Fix, evidently, was no longer an enemy, but an ally. He was faithfully keeping his word. Dinner over, the coach which was to convey the passengers and their luggage to the station drew up to the door. As he was getting in, Mr. Fogg said to Fix, You have not seen this Colonel Proctor again? No. I will have come back to America to find him, said Phileas Fogg calmly. It would not be right for an Englishman to permit himself to be treated in that way without retaliation. The detective smiled but did not reply. It was clear that Mr. Fogg was one of those Englishmen who, while they do not tolerate dueling at home, fight abroad when their honor is attacked. It was like, <laughs> don't worry, don't worry, because I will be back. But this same gentleman also got on the um, rail that they were taken to New York City. So he would later see him, see them. So on this, And they like work it out or something, right? Well, no, they got caught up by the um, the Sioux Indians and the Sioux Indians was beating them up and he got hurt in there. So he, you know, kind of left him hurt. OK, past part two in this thing got um, he got kidnapped by the Sioux. <laughs> and so Fog goes to get him. He chases them down, gets them and then comes back. And they make it on time to the um, New York. to their next trip, to their next trip. All right. Now, last leg of the trip, New York to London. This one, a whole bunch of stuff come up where um, <laughs> a, just a lot of happenings come up. That's his book. <laughs> this is the last leg of the trip. And he ended up um, kind of commandeering somebody's boat he paid for it he paid way too much oh, for this it. is my favorite part yeah oh please then go for it so basically he um asked a man if he can take him to london and the man is like no because i'm not going to london he's like i'll pay you a gajillion dollars and the man said did you not hear me i'm not going to london so phileas is like okay well can passport two and i and this lady who i'm dragging all over the world uh from india can we go wherever you're going and the man's like you want to go wherever we're going he's like yeah and i'll pay you a whole bunch of money so this whole trip he's been paying his problems away mm-hmm. And he still has money to pay off his problems. And so the um, captain is like, fine, you can go where we're going. So once they get on the boat, Phileas starts paying the crew and saying, if y'all form a mutiny (laughs) and take this boat to London, uh, you know, you can have some more money. And they're like, great and sure. And so they lock the captain in a room and they head for London. Well, (laughs) this boat ain't for London. So they running out of fuel. So Phileas... Knocks on the captain's cabin door and is like, hey, we know we orchestrated a mutiny, but we just want to let you know we'll buy this boat from you. And he's like, I told you I want to sell my boat. He's like, maybe you do because we're going to burn everything in it for fuel. (laughs) (laughs) So... So eventually the captain is like cool with that. I forget why. And they start ripping up the um, (laughs) they start ripping up the deck and burning everything to make it into the London port. But this, this is still a good man, Phileas Fogg. Still, I want you to know. Still a That's good man. That's how the man. book is painting him. And so, all right. So we make it to the London port and they get arrested, y'all. They get arrested. For bank robbery. For bank robbery. And they take and a- they're late. They're a whole day late. Mm-hmm. They feel like. So well, he's like dejected. after they leave, are they a whole day late? 
they oh, get yeah, arrested. They have like ten minutes. Yeah, to make they a like last have... st- last train to get back to where they need to be. Yeah, yeah. So he gets arrested, and I think they're in jail overnight or something. So they lose some time there, and they finally um, somehow. They, oh, they find out he's not he's not the robber. So of yeah, course, the he robber gets was released. already arrested. You free to go? <laughs> Oof, trash. So Fix is looking like a fool, of course, and and then they head back, and then they realize, good grief, we are a. They, no, no. Then, then um, they realize Phileas and the uh, woman from India realize that they're in love, and so they're like, "Let's get married," because he's like, "You know, would you but marry that me?" Don't she's happen like, "Happen until they yes. get to the house." You know, she's like, "Yes, I'll marry you. I've loved you since I've seen you." And so <laughs> he's like, "Pass part two. Go to the church and get the documents." Oh, and they so pass part for two. That. They delay, knowing they don't have a lot of time. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, that's happening. Wait, what happened? What you said, <laughs> but they, they're doing, they're like stopping, knowing they don't have a lot of time to get married. He runs to the church and finds out, what does he find out, Kari? That they're actually a day early because they gained a day by traveling east. It's very contrived and nonsensical. <laughs> so past part two runs back to his master and is like, you have 10 minutes to get to the club. You're actually a day early. You can still make it. And he makes it the end. Let's take a quick break. Okay. And we're back, Kari. Now that we've um, struggled through that, I struggled through it. I thank you for your support. Um, would you recommend this book? If you want to know what it feels like to be inebriated without ever drinking, you should read this book because it is all over the place. It is topsy-turvy, okay? And then at the end of the book, there is one cute line where it's like, what was this book about? It was about nothing. What did Phileas Fogg gain? He gained a beautiful wife. And isn't that worth traveling around the world for? No! No, Jewel, it's not. So would I recommend this book? It's silly. I mean, I think this is a great book for kids if you're trying to put them to sleep or adults. Anybody you want to go to sleep, you should read this to them because they're going to stop trying to pay attention to, he did what now and where are they? So that's great. So if you want to go to sleep, then please read this. Um, if you want to put anyone else to sleep, read this to them. Otherwise, don't read this. Just don't. I don't know why you would. And that's my verdict. What about you, Alexis? Would you recommend this book? Did you enjoy it? I would. It was hilarious. Um, Name something that was hilarious in this book. Are the interactions with Passepartout. (laughs) You know, when he stood up as the husband, the day of husband carrying the wife (laughs) and they like, I mean, it's casually racist. There's definitely colonialism mentioned and not so uh, it's you know in in endearing terms like look at how we've made this place civilized because these were savages um, and all of that it was written over a century ago yeah. a century and like a quarter yeah um, by a French man say it again 1872 I mean 1872 so um, one thing I will say at the at, there's an epilogue where um, the editor is like you know, we don't think we're writing with bias 
intentionally, of course, nowadays, but someone who's going to read our work years later, the work we write, recreate right now, will see the biases we're putting in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there is room for forgiveness if you want. Um, it is innocent, right? It's like an innocent little romp. Uh, I changed my verdict. Read it. Fine. <laughs> okay, sorry. Go back to yours. Sorry. <laughs> Anything with Passport 2 when Phineas Fogg said, you know what? I can't do this right now, but I will come back after my trip and we can fight. I <laughs> love that the most. <laughs> the absolute most. Because that was so That's ridiculous. Silly. He was like, you know what? I don't have time for you right now. I got to go, but I will be back to whoop your tail. He was like, how I know you're going to come back? I'm a man of my word. I'm a man of my word. I will be right back. As soon as I can. He really, he only had like 40,000 pounds, really. He was rich though, (laughs) but he only had 40. He took 20 and the last 20 he was going to give if he lost the bet, but he ended up winning out. So I like the story. I like the um, adventures they had. That's my verdict. I would recommend it. It's a lighthearted book and um, it made me laugh and released me from stressors. I love At laugh. the end of this book, my eyes hurt from rolling somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Yeah, that's what it is. But, you know, that's that's what we got. That's what we got. It was like, if you read, um, what is it? The Confederacy of Dunces. And you were like, this is crass. This is gross. Maybe this will work. Because Confederacy is crass. And this is really innocent. Yeah, definitely. This is... Not at all. Not at all. Confederacy of Dunces. Okay. Because it's not about anything either. Word. It's Confederacy. Not. Like you can pull a message out of that if you want. You could if you wanted to. Yikes. Not out of this. <laughs> no, this is just about 80 days, 80 days and hurrying up and doing it. That's it. You think it's like a beach read? Something that you can read with a cat. I agree. You know what? I'm changing this. I wholeheartedly recommend this book. If you're somewhere just hanging out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) definitely. Easy, light read. You don't want no mess? Mm -mm, No mess. You want to relax? Yep. Yeah. Definitely have a drink. You'll laugh harder. It would be definitely, um, it would be more fun because it's just stupid. It's absolutely insane. (laughs) That's it. It's just (laughs) stupid. And that's fine. (laughs) It's lighthearted. But that's it. That's what I think I would recommend it. I love it. Okay, what are we reading next week, Alexis? Um, I think Jurassic Park Park Yes. Part one. Part one. Yeah. So I'm really excited. Oh, I see. I mean, hands how do in you the feel? Air. Um, I am excited, <laughs> but I I took a little um dip into it and it's very heavy scientific, so it was hard for yeah. me to start. I'm going to have to go and get that audio recording and start with it mm, because I don't know that's if I'm going to be able to keep for up you. with it. So. That's a good point. I remember trying to read Congo when I was younger and I was like, what do these words mean? Um, so audiobooks help get you into the story mm-hmm. and get you going. And then you can go back to the written word um, if you so choose. I like that idea. I've done that before. Okay, well, thank you all for listening to Lit Society. We'll see you next Thursday. Lit Society is brought to you by Alexis Anaria and Kari Herrera. Support the cause by leaving a five-star review for our show on Apple Podcasts, along with a comment about why you absolutely love us. If you've enjoyed what you've just heard, tell a friend about Lit Society. Visit LitSocietyPod.com for show notes, this month's book list, and to sign up for our amazing email newsletter, 
And until next time, guys, read something. something.